Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group, this time with our roundtable Mental Health Matters with our partner, Nami Contra Costa. Nami is the National Alliance of Mental Illness. Today is Saturday, October 1st, 2022. October is Breast Cancer, Mental Health, National Disability, and Domestic Violence Awareness Month. You heard our host, Kev Clayley, at the break. I'm Sean Claiborne, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have a partner on the line again with us, and she has been here many times, Gigi Crowder, the executive director of NAMI Contra Costa in California. NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness and is an advocacy group founded by family members of people with mental illness. And we're going to talk about the role faith and spirituality play as a mental wellness tool. How are you doing, Gigi? I'm great. How are you this week? Pretty good. How are you doing? Okay, this is also the first, uh, well, tomorrow is the first day of Mental Health Awareness Week. We have Mental Health Awareness Month mm-hmm. and um, May, and then on Tuesday will be Mental Health Day of Prayer. So while we'll be talking about the important role faith and spirituality plays as a wellness tool for those experiencing mental health crisis. So from your experience, what, what you've seen, how, how does spirituality, well, first define for spirituality, what does spirituality mean? Because many people have different definitions. So when, when your context, what does spirituality talk about? For us, it's just what holds meaning for the individual. So we work with a very diverse group of individuals, so it's all inclusive, and we avoid the word religion. Mm-hmm. And we focus on faith and spirituality so what holds meaning and purpose for individuals i think it's also fair to define faith because faith means people have different conceptions of faith faith could be the substance of things hoped for but what is your definition of faith it's it's also individualized Mm -hmm. it's having a belief in something without evidence of it being factual and that's defined by uh, different faith communities differently, but uh, I think it's okay, but, and I think we all understand that um, it's generally a complete trust or confidence in something, and for some, it's a strong belief in God or in the doctrines of religion, so mm-hmm. that's generally the definition that people use, complete trust or confidence now, I was thinking about this topic. One of the things that I brought to my mind was the idea of, or the uh, the group um, for the Alcoholics Anonymous. So uh, AA Alcoholics mm-hmm. Anonymous. So one of the things that they use as part of their, I think it's twelve steps, I believe, that you have to go through mm-hmm. to get to a point where you are, you have alcoholism under control. Where you have it where you've kind of beaten it to a sense or degree. Um, but one of the things that they that is a primary focus in that is the idea of ha- believing in a higher power, believing in something that's greater than yourself. And right. which basically lets you kind of, it kind of relieves you in a sense and gives you a, a piece or an idea that you don't have all the answers. You're not this perfect being that can solve all these problems. You've tried to lick alcoholism on your own. You failed many times. You have to give it over 
in order to in order to win against it by using i guess faith right and also this belief that you're not doing it on your own and i it's been embraced as you say for the substance use community but not as much as we'd like for mental health but so many people we work with who live with mental health challenges make statements like the only way I'm going to be able to recover from this is if God allows it. So we just really work toward making sure that if that's a tool that people would like to use, that decision makers embrace that and understand for some people, that's just as important as taking the meds and seeing a therapist, that their faith practice, what they believe in is a part of the healing. Now, how do you separate? Because a lot of times people um, will, when I say separate, separate um, healthy behaviors from unhealthy behaviors. Because a lot of times people use faith as a means to to harm other people. For example, people are the veterans that have come back from Afghanistan saw what people did in Afghanistan in the name of, even though we say we're, we're not talking about religion, but in the name of their faith, they were doing things that were necess- that weren't necessarily, some people might say weren't even um, um, according to their own doctrine, but they did it in the name of spirituality and faith, you know, killing people, um, uh, discriminating against women, you know, causing all kinds yeah. of, uh, you know, terrorist attacks and things like that. So how does, how does it, and sometimes people say that, you know, they feel alienated from um, religious communities because they feel like they're being judged. So I had this alcoholism. I went to my church to try to get, you know, um, see if what they could do to help me. And I was judged and I felt ashamed and I left. So how do you how do you how do you, how do people that have gone through those experiences navigate and try to grab onto something some kind of higher power to sustain some type of faith in something? Well, there there have been studies that have shown moral injury, which uh, if an individual's moral conscience or values put them in conflict when they've been in the military. As a matter of fact, last month was Suicide Prevention Month. And all, a lot of the studies done on veterans suggest that there's feelings of guilt or shame or moral injury that um, causes some kind of profound sense of uh, betrayal and anger around the position they were put in that causes them to feel like they're not able to be forgiven for some of the, even though it was done in the name of supporting uh, their uh, country, like you said when individuals came back from Iran or Afghanistan and individuals who are in countries that have done some, some what we see as horrific things, but there's still that part of all of us that it, things have to sit well with us or otherwise we're disoriented in our, in our being. So that's where moral injury comes up. And but so, define more injury for people that you know, because for some people that's kind of a technical term. But but in your words, define more injury to people so people have an idea, particularly for veterans, because that, that's I think it's a critical point. Oh, so it refers to an injury of an individual's moral conscience or their values, from based on an act or a perceived transgression that they've taken a part of. So if they maybe so, they shot somebody or killed someone overseas yeah. and they feel, you know, like, how can I go to heaven when I committed a, a right. sin? Yeah. So they might have a, a, a profound feeling of guilt or shame and it could cause anger, you know, with their colleague, with their comrades and with society overall until they find peace with it. Hmm. Like then, we... We know through COVID-19, a lot of the frontline health workers were also in that place. They took an oath 
to, you know, to take care of individuals, but it was such a stressful situation when they weren't able to provide the care at the level that they were accustomed to and they saw so many deaths, they also were, you know, a lot uh, dealing with moral injury. And, of course, no one could ever have predicted that hospitals would be flooded with so many people that the doctors and the nurses couldn't meet all of the needs. So it's not just, you know, with that. It's with any environment in which you're put in a highly stressful situation and not able to meet the need. And so a lot of people turn to their faith and spirituality and practices that they have to work past those feelings. So for those people that say, because uh, this is, this is I think, an interesting thing to point out. So we have people that, for example, might have gone through a tra- very traumatic experience being combat veterans. Mm-hmm. And then and one person will come back and say, I don't believe in God anymore because I've seen so many horrible things. And I don't mm-hmm. this, this can't be it can't be a God. How can it possibly be a God of mm-hmm. killing and violence and, you know, in the name of religion yeah. most of the time? But mm-hmm. then you have another person that comes back and they're even they double down on their on their faith because they 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 maybe use that faith to get them through that situation, get them through that, that trauma and have found peace and joy in that. Um, how does a person who, how does, how do you reconcile those two different experiences or two different outcomes with two different mindsets? Well, we also see in mental health, those that have a reliance on their faith are able to not carry kind of like the God complex for themselves and are able to, to get to a place of healing, just like the individuals who abuse substances, when they include that in there, they are actually healthier. And I would say for someone who has decided that they don't have a belief system anymore because of what they've experienced, that not being able to find a place of peace with connection to purpose and in, in your a power greater than self has been continually harmful for those individuals versus the healing that takes place when they can relieve themselves of full responsibility. So how does a person find that faith? How does a person get into, how does a person become more spiritual? It's individual, but most individuals, sorry, it's been, you know, documented and studied. Most individuals do so with a personal um, spiritual awakening that they have themselves. It's not, anything that someone can do for an individual, but sometimes individuals get so sick and tired of being sick and tired, they turn to, they find themselves uh, going into a faith center or find themselves talking to someone and surrendering. And when that happens, and especially when it happens for people who live with mental health, they're able to find a peace where sometimes what one of our biggest struggles in mental health is that sometimes people believe so heavily in the faith practice that they think that they could be miraculously cured from schizophrenia or bipolar disorder without and stop taking their meds. Mm-hmm. So I think the people like me who work with people have to negotiate with them around the fact that perhaps they were this as part of their calling that they live with mental health and that the psychiatrists have uh, been given the skill set by their faith leaders, by God, to um, help them in their recovery mm-hmm. with them taking their meds. It gets really tricky. We also notice a lot of individuals, when they're in a more decompensated state, will even believe they're God or Jesus. So it's, it's, it's really been, you know, um, a field of study that has really been um, studied a lot 
and so many more people do better in a document when they let go and let God. I guess that would be the terminology, um, both for those who live with substance use and those who live with mental health challenges. The thing of working with people that I, when I work with people that were homeless, one of the things that I found that helped people get um, some kind of salvation um, that I'm talking about, not just spiritual salvation, but salvation in the moment mm-hmm. right now, is the, mm-hmm. is the uh, learning the tools and the methods that are that are tried and, tr- and tried and true that actually provide results. There is a proverb that Jesus spoke that said, you know, the, judge a tree by the fruit that it bears. So but a good tree can't bring forth bad fruit, nor can a good tree uh, bring forth a good tree can't bring forth bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bring forth good fruit. So that being said, it's almost like an like an explanation of the scientific method. If you're doing something that is not getting you forward, then you right. know it cannot be something that's positive or working in your in your life. Mm-hmm. Therefore you have to try something different. Doing the same thing over and over and over again that's not giving you results is not helpful. It's a definition of right. insanity, right? I mean, and right. Not to be, you know, and not feeling <laughs> like you have to carry it on your own. So mm-hmm. I think that's the folks who have had uh, severe substance abuse issues and have gotten clean and sober. Part of it has been recognizing that they can get a sponsor and or that they, they can lean on that faith practice and, and, and feel more forgiven for anything they've done in their past that might fill them, make them feel like they're not worthy. Mm-hmm. So plenty of it seems like the, that. Yeah, it seems like the, 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 the key thing is making sure you're in the right group, the right people that are not judging you, that accept you. Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I have my own theory on, on, on atheism. So to, I, was, I had this conversation with a, with a pastor recently, and we talked about the idea of atheism um, and that people that are agnostic. And not to say that people don't have the people don't, can, you can believe whatever you want to believe, but I always believe that that everybody really truly believes in God. It's, you don't necessarily believe in, like, in your God. So if you have your own definition of what God, to, like God from the time of, of beginning of life, since we've been trying to figure out or create, you know, an idea of God or a concept of God, is just basically truth and love. That's really all it really is. Right. When you, when you, when you string it all together and break it down to what yeah. the meaning of what yeah. God really is, that all it is is truth and love. That's what we're trying to yeah. find. Every scientist, yeah. every, every doctor, every person that's working towards truth and love, every person is trying to find facts is actually a mm-hmm. follower of God. Basically, you're, ser- you're searching for a God in some kind of in some kind of method or some kind of way. You know, so when you're so you may not believe in your God, the God that you created yeah. in your mind. You might be a white guy on a throne somewhere with a long beard directing cosmic traffic. Maybe that's your God, and you don't. And you find out that was that's a bunch of nonsense. That I mean that could be the case. But the idea that you have to believe in some kind of truth and love. So when you say to me you don't believe in God, what you're telling me how I interpret that is you don't believe in truth, you don't believe in love at all. There is no oh, truth. There is no love. You know, so I mean, but you, yeah. know, you can assign you know that another name mm-hmm. if you want to call it God or whatever, right. whatever you want to call it. But that to me is yeah. what I believe is what 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 makes sense to me in a, in a logical sense as to what we are trying to do. We're trying to search for answers and for truth. Yeah. We're te- essentially seeking what we called from the beginning of time of, of language. We called it God. That's what because we didn't know what it was. Yeah. Right. And when we're working with people who live with mental illness, even some severe mental illness, our job at NAMI and affiliates, and I share this with my staff, is to connect people to purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's our God-given purpose. And even with living with some of the most debilitating illnesses, everyone in our, you know, everyone was put on earth for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think truth and love is found when people find their purpose. Yeah. That's when people who were not taking their meds decide maybe they can try their meds mm-hmm. when they have. And they heal a lot at our affiliates. We were built off 
of volunteerism. It's amazing how uh, individuals, once they're helping others, connect with their purpose, and then we help them find something that they have a strong skill set about that, you know, they weren't aware of, but they have to open up to the truth and love and that's always been surrounding them that they couldn't see. Because there is some anger, there is some bitterness. Um, Many of us, when things have happened in our lives, have said, why, how could this happen? If they're God, how could this happen? Mm -hmm. But as you mature and you build your personal relationship, whatever you define, then you get to a place where you understand it's just all a part of, um, you know, being, being on earth, you know, being here. It's you know, no one promised that every day was going to be great. Mm-hmm. And I've loved the work we do at NAMI because we actually have a faith net group. So um, early on in the establishment of NAMI, people recognized that they needed to rely heavily on their faith and spiritual practices. Uh, because having a loved one who lives with mental illness is very difficult, so the families rely on it. And then we recognize that those who are most successful in their recovery uh, in terms of living with a, a disability called mental illness but doing relatively well is because they have found purpose. Or if you say truth the month. Right, exactly. Now, when you're in, from what you understand as a professional, is, is drug addiction or any kind of addiction, is that a mental illness? It's a behavioral, you know, so we, we have the terminology behavioral health, and that includes people who live with mental illness as well as substance use disorder. And I think for most people, the precursor to the use of substances is some unaddressed mental illness that occurred. Of course, there's family heredity that causes it, but for the most part, there's been some kind of trauma that went unaddressed, and so to cover, to manage the symptoms, some individuals use substances, knowing that they could potentially be harmful to them, but, you know, they're treating their mental health with something that's harmful to them. Now, one thing, people, when we say the word mental illness, a lot of people think crazy. Like, they're, like you're calling me crazy. If, if there's any kind of mental illness yeah. or mental impairment, I must be a crazy person. But that would mean that all of us who went through (laughs) COVID, who all now have some level of uh, struggle because of having gone through COVID, would be that C word. I don't, I don't use that C word, but we we're starting now because of COVID to understand there's different levels of struggle that people have, whether it be depression, mild or really chronic, you know. depression that keeps a person from getting out of bed for months on end. The fact that we have opportunities for healing is what we like to promote, even with the most severe of mental illnesses. Even though there's people who take their meds and still don't have relief from the symptoms, there's tools now that we have in place that are starting to cause uh, a lot of more positive outcomes for individuals. Wow. So what are some of the things that people can do to try to exercise their minds, to try to be um, more productive of improving their mental health? Well, just like those who don't have a diagnosis of a mental illness, one of the things that we did, I'm also the chair of the statewide Mental Health and Spirituality Initiative in California, recognizing the important and critical role faith plays for so many people. 
we did a whole training around music and how important music is for individuals. And we have not funded it the way we should, music therapy. But even when you go into convalescent hospitals with the elderly, we see a vast improvement when a song comes on that they, you know, can relate to. So music, um, nature, walking, getting exercise, drinking water, having a healthier diet, all of that, all of those things improve uh, and promote mental wellness. Hmm. That's one thing I think is important you brought up and mentioned, um, to reiterate this again, is that we're not ever suggesting using um, what you believe or as opposed to what is fact. Fact always trumps what you believe because fact is, is what it is. So don't think that you can just jump off the building and fly like a bird because, you know, your faith told you you can do it. Look at the facts and look at reality and use the science and the medicine to help you get to a better place. If, if eating healthy, you know, doing certain things. Some people meditating helps a lot. Um, taking mm-hmm. medication, you know, those types of things which are really important that we oftentimes we don't really look into enough um, as a society because we, because once again, Healthcare, and when it comes to the mind, it's always it's one of the things we're still not um, fully got our, our arms around yet. We got to get better at treating our brains as an organ, just like any other organ. We're looking at the, at the NFL. We had uh, one of the quarter the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins got hit this weekend and was put down. Mm-hmm. And so, right. I mean, obviously, it was going through some some kind of something's going on up and in, up inside that cranium, but. Once again, we focus on strengthening our arms, our legs, becoming a faster runner, better thrower. But what are we doing to protect our minds, our brains? Exactly. And it's a muscle just like any other body part. And it needs attention. It needs to be nurtured. It needs to be, you know, taken care of. What we read, all of that. So if we're talking about uh, supporting a person toward wellness, I, I also like to share with the folks we work with positive affirmations. We work with young children, and we have curriculum called I'm a Winner because we know that so often children are told they're loved, but they don't feel lovable. That's why we have the higher suicide rate. So promoting self-love and connection to purpose is kind of probably the premier thing that we need to be doing now post-COVID for young people. Hmm. I think it's critical, like I said, with veterans out there, people around the world, Listen to this. I mean, I'm not going to tell you what religion to subscribe to. I'm not trying to sell your religion or sell you any kind of faith or an idea. No. But if, but if you can't use the word God or higher power, faith and love. If you can, or truth and love. If you can use, if you can disbelieve in truth and love and use yeah. that as your as your as your foundation, and then just go from yeah. there. You know, starting on some kind of path that leads you to a better place. And usually, when you start seeking, the reason why we have all the technology that we have, the reason why we have the ability to do all the things we're doing right now, we have the medicine and the skyscrapers and the spaceships and all that cool stuff and the internet, is because we were seeking truth. We were trying to find facts, trying out how things worked, find out the reality of the world we're living in. You know, use that yeah. as a foundation. You can start just from with that love. What is love about all about? You know, do you love yourself? Do you love the people around yeah. you? Are they are they giving you love? Do you recognize the love that they give you? Yeah. You know, and if you're not in that's that kind why, of environment, find a better environment. Exactly. That's why we actually use faith leaders, diverse group. Our, our work is interfaith. So we do allow space for people to even be atheists and, and come to our statewide um, mental health and spirituality because we recognize people carry a different path. Mm-hmm. And so when we do that, 
we open up opportunities to learn. It's not cool to push people away because they're different. We never proselytize. We shouldn't do that. We don't do that. And we just allow people to find their own journey to, as you say, truth and love. Wow. Well said. I really appreciate your time and all the things you bring to us. Any last words? No, I would just say uh, the fourth Tuesday is Mental Health Day of Prayer. And so for anyone who utilizes prayer as a uh, form of having God listen to them, please pray for all those who live with mental health challenges who are unsheltered and sleeping under the stars. That's what we'll be doing. Glenda is coming in on the, on the studio. Before she jumps in, one thing I wanted to ask you is that, have you ever seen an unexplained miracle? Yes, several. In the work that I do, I see them all the time. Yep. You, you tell us one in particular, something that, and I don't just mean like, you know, the miracle okay. of waking up in the morning or the miracle of, nope. you know. I'm saying my nephew was in my swimming pool and he'd been missing for quite a while. He was four years old and my And so he floated back up to the top, and when we got to the backyard and discovered that's where he was at, I remember having the paramedics, the law enforcement, everyone. I said, put out your hands and pray. And then I had my moments with my God, and I said, you did it for Lazarus. You can do it for my nephew. And I know it was a miracle because I know the signs and how long he was underwater, and God made a decision to bring him back. So. And I've had other miracles happen right in front of my eyes. That was a life or death miracle, and God showed it to me. And I've seen others with people who live with mental health challenges who have, you know, woken up and and been okay after years and years of suffering. And I've seen people with health-related issues who the doctor saw something and said they didn't have long to live, and now they're living and there's no signs. So, yes, I do believe in miracles. Gigi Crowder, Executive Director of NAMI Contra Costa in California. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Brad. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.